This episode of Landmine Radio is sponsored by Dittman Research. Do you know what the most valuable thing in the world is? High-quality information. Because high-quality information informs much better decision-making. Dittman Research has been providing high-quality information to Alaska's leading businesses, organizations, and campaigns for 50 years. Do you really know what Alaskans think about your company or your issue? How about your clients, your shareholders, or your employees? So stop fumbling around in the dark. Hire Dittman Research and find out what's really going on. DittmanResearch.com All right, folks, back here. Very excited to be joined by former Anchorage Mayor, former U.S. Senator Mark Begich. How you doing? Good. I was just roaming the Spinard area and uh, come to your digs here. Here you are. We're, and they're renovating the building here. They've been working on this building for the last uh, several months, and yeah. it's great. You know, for yeah. a while it was summertime outside. It was hammering. And it was kind of <laughs> a lot of noise. Yep. It's a good building. It's an old post office, you know, right, originally downstairs. And uh the uh, sewing shop on the end has been here for a long, long, long time, and it's the anchor for the building. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a nice building. So you grew up in, in Anchorage. Do you remember uh-huh. this building? When it, oh, yeah, this was one of the regional post offices. This was actually when Spinard was not a uh, part of Anchorage. It was its own community. It had this post office. Uh, this was kind of the one of the bigger buildings built in this area, and uh, it had a lot of different, uh, like l- this upstairs had a lot of offices, mm-hmm. businesses, and so forth. And then the, the uh, sewing shop, or you know, down the street, or down at the end of the building, had been here. So this has been a been here a long time. And I know Cookland Housing has purchased this and renovating yep. it. They're doing a lot of renovation along Spinard and building and cleaning up the place, which I think is great. It's great. We have yeah. the it's KONR Studios, so they have the podcast studio here, and then right. over there they have the radio studio. Right, so it's a good spot. It's, it's a great and it's a good location. I mean, it's easy to get to, and you got parking. What was <laughs> what, when you were a kid? What was this place like, I mean, it must, cause I, I moved here in 04, so I came here pretty late. You mean this building? Oh, Spinard. Oh, Spinard is pretty wild. Uh, you know, this, a uh, lot of bars along this strip here. Um, some food places, old apartments, still some of those old apartments look mm-hmm. like new apartments now. They're retrofitted. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a collection. Uh, nothing uh, different in the sense of the collection of stuff that's here now. The difference is they are upgraded and they're cleaning it up. I think it's great. I, I read Mike Gordon's uh, book, uh, oh, Learning, yeah. Learning the Ropes, about yeah. coots and this whole, you know, 70s. And it sounds like I wish I could have been yeah, my I don't age. know if you want to be in coots in the 70s. You might have got shot or thrown out. <laughs> I, I think I think the 70s, for me, my age now, probably would have had a lot of fun. Maybe yeah. made a lot of money. Balancers back then were what they were at the bars. They If they didn't want you in there, you didn't end up going. He said one of the stories in the book that I kind of remember is they had a, a guy in the uh, roof with a gun I that he, could, doubt that he had there. because it got so wild. I mean, yeah. it got so out of control with the fights and the, and the people on the slope. And he said it was cold. It was winter at one time. And the guy, <laughs> they felt bad. So they kept giving him shots of tequila <laughs> and he got so drunk. He fell off the roof. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. There's also an old phrase called the Spinard divorce. That's when the uh, woman comes out and sees the hu- her husband and the mistress together. And she shoots the mistress. And there's actually a true story of a woman. I, oh, I, my gosh. Yeah. So so that's what they call the Spinard divorce, uh, you know. And I, I, I actually, this woman lived in Fairview. I built a fourplex next to her house, and I know the story. Uh, and uh, she shot her husband, or her, her the mistress of the husband, and divorced the husband. 
kind of a oh simple solution. You know, there's this, <laughs> there's this um, program on NPR or uh, PBS, an old one called Prohibition. Did you ever see it? Or no. Uh, it was like a multi-part thing about Prohibition and and, uh, and this whole period of history. But there was this guy who was a business guy, and uh, he went to jail, and he, he was bootlegging. And, and I forget the details, but he, he went, he you know, got out, and the this guy had you know taken all of his money and got with his, his wife, and he, he found the guy and shot him and killed him. And, and there was, and I looked it up. It's totally, there was a trial and the guy was, he got off. off. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, what the hell is going on? Yeah. It was pretty wild in those days, but uh, yeah, Spinara was a pretty different place. And then it got incorporated into the city along with uh, Muldoon and the downtown became soon, became a unified city. And now the municipality that stretches from Portage out to Eklutna. So I think a lot of folks don't maybe pay attention. I mean, they know we're different than Wasilla or yeah. Palmer and the mm-hmm. Matsu Borough. So we, and, this, and Mike, Mike Gordon talked about that. He was on the He was assembly. on the charter. Well, he was actually originally charter commission in the assembly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was on the original. So so you were mayor of Anchorage. So we're kind of a unique city. We, we have yep. the, it's a home the first rule. class. It's or, a home rule. So that means you, pretty much all the powers are vested in the city versus in some boroughs or on uh, uh, unincorporated boroughs. They are stuck with... Um, uh, with the rules that the state predominantly sets up. But here in this city, because it's a municipality, it's everything is managed by the city. So being know? the Anchorage mayor, you, you have a lot more power than oh, Matsu, yeah. borough mayor. No the, question the about Hazel it. Dottner, no mayor. question about it. This, is, this position of the mayor in Anchorage was and is considered um, behind the governor, the second most powerful position, because it is a... Um, strong mayor form, which means line item veto, which, you know, is pretty powerful. Uh, you can bring legislation to the table. You run all the departments. You appoint all the people, you know, the municipal attorney, the department heads, all of that. Um, you manage the budget. You also have to, uh, you can veto the school district budget. You can't do it by detail, but you can do it in total. Uh, you have the power to deal with uh, property taxes and or general taxes. You can set tax rates. Uh, pretty powerful position. And because it's the population is almost half of Alaska, mm-hmm. because of that alone, you have an ability. And it's the single uh, commerce center for the state you know, in a lot of ways that it can move the dial on a lot of things. When the city says X, certain things can happen. Well, I think we saw that too recently with this covid Mm-hmm. Before with Mayor Berkowitz and, and now uh, Mayor, acting Mayor Quinn Davidson. Right. This idea of um, the city of Anchorage can do things that the state can't, you know, has to do other places. And there's been some kind of right. back and forth there. And some, on right. Some the that. city can set its own rules and the state doesn't have the jurisdiction to, to take that power away. Um, so when the mayor decides, and, the, and they have over the last two mayors, the acting mayor and the mayor before, was um, to put in certain rules, masks, uh, clock or when the bars and restaurants can open close retail and all that they can do that uh without the state interfering so i was uh in juno and, and i had somebody bring this up but i thought about doing maybe at some point an article about it but uh the valley because they're they have the kind of second class or second class the way it's set up yeah. um, they also do benefit which is kind of odd because a lot of the valley legislators are kind of the small government, but, all right, but they, they benefit they, from the but state. They, they get the state troopers, right? They get all kinds of things. They, it's the most interesting part of the state in a lot of ways. They hate government, but they get the most from it. They get free oh. public safety. They get free health powers. Oh, well, not free. I mean, you and I are going to be paying for that when there's taxes at some day when oil runs out, someone's paying for that. 
and we'll pay for that. Um, but uh, they get uh, road powers. A lot of the road services are state. You know, those big roads that go through their community are, are state. So the state plows those roads. It's almost state puts those lights up. Just classic know. irony. It's it's unbelievable. So I always I enjoy my friends from the valley when they start complaining about big government. I say, hey, anytime you want to pay for your service, you let me know. Uh, if you want to have your own government, <laughs> you you give me a call, and I'll be happy to help you become a unified municipality, and then you can take on all the powers. But uh, you know, three quarters of their roads are probably almost all state. So that means state jurisdiction, state funding, federal funding. You know the main throughways that go through their communities, Wasilla, Palmer, those are federal roads, oh, which just, means they take money from urban areas, Anchorage, uh, because they consume that in pretty big numbers. We just saw on the, um, down the, the highway down to Homer um, through the, um, the pass, the, right. the plowing problem. And I drove down there for Thanksgiving and turning and passing, it was it was dangerous. I mean, yeah, it was so that, bad. It was so bad. Right. There's an area that doesn't have taxing powers and needs state services, but because the valley gets those state services, they take away from that. And they're, and now this redistricting is going to happen next time, and yeah. they're going to pick up a seat or some level. They should, of, but, you know, it's always hard to say because it depends what they're going to try to do. They'll have a hard time. You know, rural Alaska will be protected under some of the rules uh, just because of the way it divides out, but uh, Wasilla should pick up, the Valley should pick up a seat. Uh, but, you know, again, your your point is well taken, and, and uh, it will be interesting how it all plays out over time. You know, if you take people for face value, then, uh, you know, between the schools, between the roads, service and building, as well as public safety, there could be a lot of savings accumulated if the state didn't have to pay for those services. So what have uh, what have you been? I'm up sure to? they'd love to hear that from me. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I mean it's true. I mean I and I you know I have a lot of friends in the valley and bless their soul they want to live out there. That's great. But but you know there's no free ride. Yeah, and sooner well, or later someone pays. Especially now we're looking at you know the, bu- bu- oh, the, the savings budgets. are gone and, and there's no. It's what I said in the, when I was running for governor. You know they drained every savings account possible. They're about to do it again and they'll have nothing left. And it's actually sooner, sc- it's actually scary when you because I ran in twenty. 20- 12 for the Senate. Right. That was a long time ago, but my whole thing back then was we can't, we can't keep doing this because we're going to spend all the money. And, and they did. They did. They spent $16 billion. 16 plus, right? Because when you think about some of the other accounts, by the time you're done, you're about $18 billion plus that they burned through in one-time expenditures. They were, they were having fun when they were... I heard stories way before I was oh. in, in Juno in session, but I heard back when the price of oil was over $100, 100 oh, yeah. you know, They would run down during the... the um, New revenue forecast, they'd run down to the bars at night and they'd say, come back, come back. We all have another million dollars or $2 right. million. Dollars. Like, hurry up, get back here. And See, this is, it, it, you know, when you think about it in your own life, you, you know, you don't burn through your savings to make it through the day, right? That's, there's a purpose for the savings for an emergency, or maybe you're going to retire and you want that money set aside. But to pay for your day-to-day living expenses with your savings account, the Sooner or later, what happens is that's all gone. Well, I've said this a lot of times talking to folks, and I've observed this, is yeah. we don't have a long-term. We have the longest view we have is two years. Yeah, it's a very short term. And it's not five years or ten years like no. it should be. No. Uh, and look, look, look what happens. Which is too bad because I think, you know, the best and longest or the most stable communities, may they be small communities or larger states, are ones that think multiple years out. And if you can kind of look five years out or ten years out, you can say, okay, how am I going to get there? 
what do I got to do? Well, usually the front end work is very difficult because it makes tough decisions. No difference in business, right? You got to make some a lot of decisions. companies have a three, five, 10 year oh, plan. Yeah, That's absolutely. A tra- and a transition, you know, depending on if they're in a certain product line that maybe that's not going to sell or they see it as short term. They're, they're constantly in the move, right? You know, who missed that was a uh, Kodak. Kodak. It's a great story about they, Kodak. They missed, they missed, they missed yeah, that one. Yeah. There's blockbusters. You know, mm-hmm. They had a choice to be Netflix. They didn't do it. And uh, remember early Netflix with the, uh, you order them in the you mail, them, send them back. Remember that I did that with my well, years ago and I was living like, we'd get these things in the mail, but Oh my God, you know, yeah, it was, it was like great. a whole, it was like, <laughs> it, well, if you go even further back, uh, it was like when you used to order, I don't know if you ever remember this, but uh, K tail records, you know, you could order oh, records no. online, really? well, not online, but by the mail, you get a catalog and you pick records and, They'd send them to you. Same thing with books. You, you mail know. them back? You, you, no, you'd get them. you buy them. you buy them. They'd, oh, okay. they'd, they'd be like uh, 15 different songs by different artists, you know, they were, and so you'd, you'd buy them, and uh, they'd be advertised on TV, and you could order them, and they'd be mailed to your house. It's like, it's like the original mixtape. Yeah, yeah, but it's on one album, and you go, wow, that's pretty cool. I remember I moved, I moved to an 04, and I was 19. Yeah. And I remember vividly on the weekend, Friday night, go to Blockbuster, spend... Half an hour, forty. Look at yeah, the looking around. Documentaries the, or new releases. Tons and, of. And they'd, they'd have those. They'd have those that wall with thirty or fifty or hundred new releases. And you right. look, you look behind all of them. They were all gone. Right, right. Remember, remember that? And you'd go <laughs> up to the counter and you'd see them behind. Yeah, yeah. Said, I see one over there. Yeah, can, can I grab do, that? Can you get that one? I said, well, we haven't checked it yeah, in. Yeah, yep. We have to check it. Yeah. <laughs> and if it was the even older, well, we got to make sure it's rewound. <laughs> I remember that when I was a kid. We used to have the rewind, automatic rewinder because yes. you'd, you'd, you'd put it in there, and then if you didn't do it, they'd charge you a buck or something. Yeah, and you had that little box, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, <laughs> I remember going into Blockbuster, and I, or Hastings, we had in, when I was a kid in New Mexico. Yeah. But here you'd say, um, can you check the return box? Because I, I think there's something in there. And oh, oh, no, oh, no. Like you said, we haven't checked those in yet. Right. The only Blockbuster that seems to be left, and I don't mean it to call it a Blockbuster, but it's a... Uh, a one on mold doom, but I'm not sure what kind of videos they're selling there. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that, that's the, uh, it's the, uh, it's uh, old Jerry Ward's Jerry place. Ward. Yeah. yeah. I knew his son, Scott from yeah. poker. Yeah. Uh, what's Video City? Or, Video yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so special, who knows what they have Special there. rentals. In there. <laughs> yeah, special rentals. Did you, you remember when the John Oliver did the whole thing on this Blockbuster oh, uh, last yeah. year? That was, yeah, yeah. That was wild. Yeah. I mean, it was The tough. last one standing. What'd they send? The Russell Crowe jockstrap, I think. Yeah, and yeah. It was pretty wild. It was He's funny. Yeah, no, it he's, was great. He's good. <laughs> so what have you been, I mean, you're always doing something. You're always, I know you're always doing some well, project. We're, we're always, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of different businesses. We're busy renovating some buildings downtown that we own and getting tenants in, keeping people working. Um, we have a big grocery store up in Barrow. Uh, oh, that was what, last year you guys did that, Last right? year. How's that going? It's going good. With COVID. You know, a, lot of, a lot of challenges because of COVID. You know, we have to follow very, very strict rules in people coming in into the facility. And I know there's people out there that, you know, and I, I hear them, you know, well, I'm not going to wear my mask. Well, in that case, they don't come into our store. Mm-hmm. We, we were not interested in people who don't understand some basic health parameters they need to follow. And so we're very strict about it. We um, are busy up there. Um, I'll be glad when this year's over because we've had spike in valleys because, you know, some people come in, they buy and everything because they think everything's going to run out. Then, then they stop. So how to plan for that is not as easy because you sometimes have too many employees one time, then you don't have enough employees and it's a small community, right? So you can't just hire and then lay off and mm-hmm. hire. So uh, we have that store with about, about 120 people work for us up there. Um, wow, 100. Yeah. I mean, between my wife and my businesses that we have, we, we employ a little over probably 220, 250. 
40 people now. She has the Kobuk downtown. She has right? Kobuk, some other retail stores uh, out at the airport, which took a big hit uh, because of tourism. Oh, how much? What, 90 percent? Oh, 90%. People didn't fly. 90% of the people didn't fly. That place was like a ghost town. It was, the, it was so weird to go in there on peak season summer and like nobody. Yeah. I mean, nobody. I mean. I flew uh, up to Fairbanks in September yeah. with uh, Kale. We did a profile of a, a Senate race. Yeah. We were in the airport. And I was just like, wow. I mean, it's weird. Here. Yeah. Very like ghost town. And we have, you know, like I said, we're doing some developments in town. We have a lot of other activity that keeps us very busy. A lot of people working for us. But, you know, it's been tough because this economy uh based on covid and the tourism season you know we we had to adjust like everyone else uh we have businesses in nevada and new mexico also hospitality yeah, we we're talking about i'm from new mexico you were doing some that's right we got some Hamas hot, before Hamas, yeah. beautiful area hot you, springs yeah if you know the area it's oh, beautiful it's I, gorgeous i grew up about 30, 45 minutes from there that's uh, unbelievable that place is unbelievable we have uh three properties down there um lodging and mm -hmm. hot springs development great but you know same thing in new mexico they they closed for two months well, i was supposed closed to like nothing i was happened. supposed to go to new mexico on the uh, on the 15th or 16th uh my parents still live there yeah i was gonna go visit and i had tickets i purchased a few months back and you know new mexico is totally shut down totally the, the hospital rates really high and yeah my parents are in their 70s and i said look guys i want to come see you but i just don't think it's don't a good take idea. the risk and and the the crazy thing is i ended up uh Changing to go to Hawaii because I have a friend in Hawaii. Yeah. Which they were kind of like, well, you're going to Hawaii. Well, you know, <laughs> but Hawaii, you can go with a co negative COVID test. I got a That's COVID right. test. I got a positive COVID test two weeks ago. Yeah. And um, you can go. No symptoms. But I would have, you know, if I did have it and if I was, I would have yeah. been in New Mexico at that point with, with my parents. Yeah, with, which is in a high risk population. And my parents, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't wanna, go. You want to be careful. I mean, we, like I said, we, we, we closed our operations there for two solid months with zero you know, yeah, I know, I know New so Mexico's it was, been, it's been tough. Really high hospitalization yeah, rate. I was reading. It's getting a little better now, but I think, you know, we're, you know, I'll be glad when it's all done because that, you know, we kept some of our people on even though we didn't have work. Do you, do you go a lot? Do you stay, where do you stay? I haven't been, well, I stay at my place when I'm there. In Hamas? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Next time I'm, if we, yeah. we should go sometime. Yeah, I drive up from Albuquerque, you know, you land in Albuquerque. Right, right. And it's, you know, 45 minutes, 50 minutes. No. So you, you don't, you, I'm from Rio Rancho, if you know. That's, you, yeah, the other, yeah. You don't drive through that, but you'd see the turnoff. You see it, the so. turnoff, but you, well, you pass it. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you on your way there. And, and 25. And, yeah, and you go up past Bernalillo. Bernalillo, yeah. Yeah, and then you kind of, you're there. And so to me, it's, first is beautiful drive. You know, when you start that oh, drive out very, of Albuquerque in the morning and you're just kind of cruising along, it's fantastic drive. So I I spend my time, uh, when, I, when I go there, I go right to MS because I got, business to attend to and projects we're doing and renovations and, you know, a lot of projects there. We got so. a wild story about Hamas. And we used to go there in high school with friends and camping and yeah. we were there. I was probably in 11th grade and we were just out a bunch of us and, you know, drinking. I, I didn't, I was a few, few beers, whatever, <laughs> but this guy, I know a friend of mine got real drunk and got kind of crazy and he's high, he climbed a tree <laughs> pretty high up. And That's he, all bad. Well, the tree branch snapped and he fell and he, he, took his shoulder out and we were all, we didn't know what to do. Everybody was drinking. The cars were far away. It was like a very scary night. It was, oh my gosh. Yeah. And there, it was a long time ago. It's, I mean, it's a great area. I mean, if you, if you love fishing, fly fishing, especially that's a great area. Hiking's fantastic. And Santa Fe, you go to Taos, I'm sure. Yep. Yep. Just that beautiful, whole area. Beautiful. Yeah. No, no, I, I'm, but you know, we, so when I go down there, I do that. And then we have other projects in Carson city, Nevada. And so uh, we're finishing a massive renovation we're doing there again. Same thing. You know, we decide we made a decision Early in the year, you know, about 
mid-March, 1st of April to keep our projects going, our construction well, you're, projects. You've you're, you're got all kinds of stuff going on. Well, you know, I've always been in the private sector, despite what some of my opponents like to think <laughs> that I'm somehow just a political hack. You know, private sectors was giving me a living to do what I want to do, and that's a great thing. But, you know, it's it also gives you um, a, a good balance and insight on some of the things, and, you know, I'm not afraid to – give advice, doesn't matter if it's in Carson City, Nevada, or Anchorage, Alaska, or Wasilla, you know, what people may not like sometimes what I have to say, but I'll do it. And, and I think there's a lot of things, you know, I'm bullish on what's going on in Alaska. I think there's great opportunity. I think there's a lot of naysayers and a lot of negative people out there. And I think that is the worst thing you can do when you're trying to rebuild an economy. And uh, I think there's a lot of still challenges, you know, that the city faces, the state clearly I mean, economically faces and will face for mm-hmm. a period of time. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, maybe people like it or not, I'm happy to give my uh, two bits. That's what I say. <laughs> Same thing with me. I mean, people don't like it, but I, I give my opinion. And sometimes yeah. I love it, sometimes I hate it. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about the, the uh, grocery store. Now, as I recall, uh-huh. you, was there kind of a really high prices or like a price gouging? Is that kind of what happened? Or? Uh, yeah. What a- uh, Alaska Commercial, which is a uh, been around since Hudson Bay time, uh, owned and owns 25, 26 stores throughout Alaska, basically controls uh, and has monopolies in a lot of these communities because the way they do it, in, in my personal view, they do predatory pricing on their product. And um, back last year, we took it over uh, a year ago almost, a little over a year ago. But in June of last year, we won the bid to uh, take it over and basically the bid to rent the space. And uh, uh, when we did that, as soon as there's rumblings, even before that, as soon as there's rumblings that we were coming into the marketplace, prices, prices, oh, dro- prices dropped. Oh yeah. AC suddenly had new pricing and this and that. And they're a big company. I mean, they're a two and a half billion dollar company. They're, they're no nonsense. They, they have Alaska operations, some in Hawaii, Canada, and Puerto Rico. Uh, but their model is pretty simple. It's uh, I have a monopoly, create the leases, lease agreements they have with the landlords that know they can't do other business with anyone else. Sounds like and, the mafia. <laughs> oh, it's, um, it's totally, totally monopoly. And so as soon as they got wind that we were interested and they thought they were going to win the bid, uh, you know, they started dropping their prices after 20 something years. Amazing how markets work. Oh, yeah. And now what they're doing, and we get, we you know, I'll be frank with you, we get criticism on Facebook because they don't think we've dropped them enough, which we have. But what's happened is AC has dropped below sometimes cost because their goal is to do what I call the Rockefeller plan. Right. Yep. You know, drive us out by lowering the, the price. They'll take losses they'll, for years. Yeah. And- they'll just cut the cost so below their cost in order to drive us out. Then what they'll do afterwards is jack them back up. And who they affect is, you know, individual families every day. And we said, you know, we set out a plan that we're going to have a certain line of products, milk, eggs, certain product lines, that we're going to sell at cost. And, uh, you know, bring it on. We'll compete against that every day. And so is, is, there, doing, is there any kind of antitrust or like leak? If you can prove somebody's doing that to try to drive out, I mean, I guess. Uh, not really. You know, okay. if they now if they were in cahoots with others in the marketplace, you know, then there could be an antitrust. But. Their, their mission is to drive us out of the market. And we're Alaskan-owned, Alaskan-operated. You know, we work very hard to do what we can do. We employ locals. Uh, we give them management roles, not just clerk roles. That's what AC did for years. Uh, you know, they'd always promise, oh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll move people up. They never did. It's, it's in, it's in uh, Barrow? Or, uh, Barrow. This one's uh, in Barrow, yeah. And, you know, it's a 38,000-square-foot facility. It's a big operation. Uh, so it's, it's, it's like a small 
cars here you might go to. Um, and so we have a lot of activity. But, but you know, we'll, we'll continue to compete against them. It's uh, a little bit of uh, Samson and Goliath, you know, we're... Yeah. <laughs> we're just kind of hey, David. I mean, David, uh, David, <laughs> Samson uh, had the hair. Right? Yeah, there we go. David and Goliath. And we're kind of s- hoping that at the end of the day, we have enough rocks in our thing that we can swing and hit them. So I want to ask you about this, uh, in this upcoming mayor's race, I mean, yeah. this is a big jammed up one. This is kind of like more even than in 2015 when, mm-hmm. uh, Sullivan was done. So every two years, if the mayor is done, then turned out, then you get more people right? usually in the end. So your first one was, uh, five. Yeah. So, I mean, I've had, I've run a mayor's race with 13. So this is small. Well, your first year, 2000. Uh, no, I ran when I ran in, um, uh, 94 originally, um, we had, um, 13 people in that race. But your, your two term thing was 2005, oh, 2000, 2000, 2003, three, right. Yeah. Five. 2003, 2006. And then you did a, uh, you left a little bit early. Yeah. About the two US months Senate. early. Yeah. Yeah. For the U S Senate. And then, uh, but those two races, you know, the second race we just had really Jack Frost and I think one other person I can't remember. But so, so it used to be the threshold for the runoff was higher before, right? It was actually, 50? actually, originally it was forty. Oh, and here's wow. what happened. You know, this 40. is great. Yeah, here's the story. That's good. Yeah, 1994. Well, for the, for the <laughs> well, 1994 when I ran uh, the first time, uh, we did. Um, I can't remember the exact percentage, but we got to a runoff. And then by 19... Um, it was you and who in the runoff? Oh, there's some... Uh, Maestrom. Maestrom, yeah, because yeah. he was... Yeah, yeah, right. Then, when I got ready to run again in 2000, they changed it. Because he, in 94, in the runoff, I got 40 plus. And they knew I could get 40 on the run out, you know, straight out. So they went, went to 45? It went to 50. And what did I get in 2000? 40, 40. point something. And they knew it. They knew the game. You know, they were just screwing with me. Um, Who said that? The assembly? Assembly. And so then it was changed again to 45, back from 50. And I got 45.17. It seems to me, I guess, picking numbers probably. 45.03. Oh, really? Yeah. But I won. No runoff. It seems to me that, should it change based on the number of people or no? No. If you have 10 people compared to three people. You know, 40% worked since the day of unification. They only changed it because I was running. That's it. There's no other reason. There was no other reason. It worked every single cycle since 1972 and, you know, and on. For so I mean, obviously you, you must have, the media, people knew, people knew they did that. Yeah. The public must have known, right? Yeah. And was so, there any re- response? Well, you know, it's kind of like you get a group of people who are not happy about it, but then what can they do, right? So it's kind of mm-hmm. a box. But, you know, 45, I won with 45 and... You know, well, they I'll, didn't like that either. I'll, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll never forget. You probably, you probably don't, you probably don't remember this. I, there's no way you remember this. I don't think, but uh, I was working in 2006 at Platinum Jacks. Uh-huh. When we I, came in with a group of people. Yeah. I was a bar. At the, yeah. I've told you this before. I was a bar back and yeah. you came in with some Yeah, we were in mayors. tuxedos. Yeah. You were all, it was a whole group. It was yeah, no, no, mayor's no. ball. Or it was some event. Was it happening. was the ACV banquet. We came in. And, and I'll never forget this. I, this is, you know, this kind of, I'm reading <laughs> this book now about Lincoln team arrival. It's yeah. amazing how some people just have that ability to connect with people. And, um, I, I stopped, I was had like a case of beer, I think. And I said, <laughs> I knew you were. And I said, man, you know, and this other guy that Jeremy, I used to work with, we'd, we'd always, we'd always talk about, you know, because you stopped and talked to me and said, hi, and you know, shook my hand. And t- I was just like, man, this is a mayor for me at 21 year old. That was a big, well, you deal. know, it was funny that event we were coming from the, uh, visitors bureau banquet that we were 
was a t- black tie event. And so we said, hey, let's go down to Platinum Jackson. Group of us. You had, you had a posse. Yeah, you had a we big had group. a group of people. The guy who owns Tasty Freeze. Uh, then another guy who owned, uh, well, Jack Lewis and mm-hmm. his wife who owns several, you know, Peanut Farm and places like that. A few of us. And then um, Dave Carp, who's now run Solchuk, which runs Tote. And, you know, a variety of about, I don't know how many. And we said, let's just go down there. It's a fun group. Yeah. And we just, what was funny was, if you remember, you come in, there's a doorman. Yeah. Well, for whatever reason, we weren't paying really attention. And we just walked in. To the other side. Well, no, we just walked right past the doorman. I think he was trying to stop us to say, hey, 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 wait a second. Because it used to be like the line, and then there was the other side with the exit. And some people, if you you knew somebody, you could just go on that side. I think we just just walked in, (laughs) and I think we didn't realize until we got literally two thirds way in. And then we realized, was there some guy at the front door we were supposed to do? You're not like, like a free, pay a, a cover charge or something. Cause I think there was a cover yeah, charge. 10 bucks. Yeah. And we and you're, you're not like a frequent clubber. No, but we, we bought a lot of liquor. That was <laughs> fun. No, I, I, we were the whole time, the whole, oh, I, I was bar back. So I'd see all the bartenders and we're like, Oh my God, the mayor's here. Like, like, wow, this is great. Well, we had a great time. Was, my wife and I love going out dancing and uh, we thought we were at the event and they didn't have a, they didn't have a band. How do you go to a, a ball and there's no band, right? You got to go yeah, somewhere, yeah, even a DJ, anything. Yeah, DJ. Yeah, but no music. And we said, we're out of here. <laughs> so Good for you. Yeah, so no, we're, so, that was a fun place. So what do you think about, I mean, have you got endorsed anybody? I know it's a lot no, of people. and it's, No, actually, I, I was an aircraft supporter, uh, but, you know, he dropped out. Mm-hmm. And uh, just recently. Interesting on that. I think some folks kind of speculate he might be running for governor. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I are you think, are you running? Or should I ask? No, <laughs> um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And uh, but what I did in the last couple of weeks, I hosted an event. Um, it was invite only, maybe about thirty people or so. People who are people who care about what's going on in the city. People who've asked me, you know, about the mayor's race, and we hosted an opportunity for five of the candidates to individually come and present us. And oh, like a Zoom type? Yeah, we did a little oh, Zoom wow. interview. We had They got about eight minutes to tell us about themselves, their campaign. should have invited me. I'd have loved to be there. Yeah, I'd have loved we, to have been yeah, there. Yeah, we, we kept all the press out. <laughs> I'd uh, loved uh, And we kept the other candidates out. Uh, it was only invite. And the idea was, you know, I told all of them, I know them all, so I called them individually, and I said, look, we're doing this. If you want to be part of it, let me know. You'll get 45 minutes. Uh, there'll be eight minutes of your time to talk, and then another whatever left to 37 minutes to uh, take questions and all moderated. So, every, so did every, all, most, most of the candidates? Everyone we invited showed up wow. and, and they all came, you know, we, we didn't, wouldn't let each one hear about each other and we didn't allow any of their campaign people. in. I'm surprised you guys kept it under wraps. That's usually that kind of stuff. You, you must have good, quiet good people. people. Around you. <laughs> <We got good laughs> stuff people. usually gets out. We got good people, but you know, what's important I think is that Alaskans and folks obviously in Anchorage know who these candidates are. I think interesting to note, they're all qualified in different ways. They all have their own opinions. But what I thought was interesting was um, I think they all do have a thread of, you know, they want, they're, they're concerned about where Anchorage is today and where it could go, meaning economically and otherwise. And so they're all running for their own reasons. Be curious if there's going to be any shakeout, you know, at the end, there's rumors out there that, uh, you know, the Republicans are going to figure it out in February and, cancel people i don't think so well there was this weird i reported on this a few weeks ago this um, robbins guy came out with this conservative summit candidates but the problem is he didn't tell bill evans or dave bronson bronson comes out and says he heard about it from a supporter and then he goes like bill o'reilly like let's do it live right right uh, you know and then bill evans is like i don't even know about it and um, nothing happened right so it's just very 
I don't think they're poorly. Gonna, yeah, I don't think bit. they'll sort it out. I think they're gonna. You know, and why should they? Everyone's going to a runoff. There's going to be a runoff. You know, I don't think anyone can get the 45 by themselves. No, very, very difficult. Yeah, because they're all going to be, you can see by their conversations, they're all going to be credible candidates in their own right, with their own constituencies. The question is, do those constituencies, once a full race occurs, then you go into a runoff, what happens? I, mean, I think it's going to be similar to 15, where you're going to have, in that case, Ethan. In this case, I think it's Dunbar is going to face Maybe. probably one of the three, either Robbins, Evans, or Bronson. I mean, Falsey's in there, but he's not name ID. He hasn't campaigned a lot yet. So No, but you know what's interesting, what I've learned, especially in the last two cycles, election cycles, local or state, doesn't matter, and federal, um, money is not the driver. And two, you can be a nobody today and be somebody tomorrow. It's not the driver, but you do need some level of money to, to get yeah, but a basic not, message out. Or, not like it used to be. I'm just telling you, uh, you look at some of these races and how much money was spent some of the state house races. I mean, look at the one with um, oh, Snyder uh, and Pruitt. I mean, that was that. Well, you know, I, I was talking to somebody about that earlier. Unbelievable. I can't, I, you know, my take on that is I can't believe she only won by 11 votes when, 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 when um, I can Galvin and Biden won by over 500. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the drop off there was incredible. I mean, I, she didn't go door to door. Oh, there that, was a lot of money. Difference. There was a lot of money spent. I mean, that, that race is actually a testament to Pruitt's kind of hard work when it was his hard work, but also different campaign styles. I mean, I bet on, on Liz early, as you know, we did one of the, the largest fundraisers that anyone she, ever she seen. came out in February with 80,000. And then yeah. he did the Wasilla thing last year. And I thought there's no way, but then no summertime, I started saying, man, I don't know, this is going to be, and it no. was very close. Yeah. It, it, I figured it always was going to be close. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what he, how many lawsuits they come up with. He, she's going to win at the end of the day. And they already sort of superior court kicked it out. Now it's going to Supreme Court. Supreme Court's not going to change this election. And the reality is um, that race, you know, again, we, we, we bet early. Um, that's my district where I live. I thought Liz would be a great candidate. She shouldn't have lost the last time. Uh, yeah, it was pretty close two years close. ago, 200, 100, eight, less than 100 right. votes. And we, we hosted an event for her early and raised her about 40000 in one day. And our goal was get some money early. I raised, I, when I ran in 16, I raised 40000 in a year. Right. <laughs> well, we, we, we wanted, and if you remember, Pruitt took a long time to file. You know, he did, right? We were all, everybody was wondering what's going on. Yeah, and, and, you know, our point was to help someone like Liz Snyder was, uh, focus and raise her a bunch of money in one night. The other one was surprising, and I called this one too. Was a lot of people thought Jesse Sumner was going to beat Eastman. I said I don't think so. No. He put sixty thousand of his own money into it, <laughs> plus other third party money. And yeah, that's what I mean. I see. That's why I don't think money. It's 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 a weird dynamic in the election. I mean, you can't right you now. can't have no money. I mean, you have to no have no. Some you have money. to have some. Sure, sure. But the diminishing returns after some level doesn't. Yeah, really it doesn't matter. Right, and you know the Trump phenomenon carries at a certain level this election cycle. What do you think about this? Now, I, I pulled all the numbers. Uh, Biden won Anchorage yeah. by a few, like a few points. Yeah. Now, now Trump won Anchorage in 16. And I went back, I was kind of curious. McCain, you know, Palin obviously killed it because of Palin. Mm -hmm. But um, that that is a, I think people kind of know that city's changing. And that was very, even when you when you include Eagle River and the in this areas where you know, Trump did win, when you take the whole precinct uh, analysis, yeah. Anchorage, it's, it's he won by a few Well, here's a, another way you can measure it. In the last, um, let's just say, two, six mayoral elections, four of them have been run by Democrats, myself and Ethan. Only Dan Sullivan won in the middle. That was it. 
the trend lines are what they are. I mean, and in the governor's race, I want Anchorage. What are your so, tributes? I mean, Sullivan was, he's pretty likable, conservative, but he's, and people know him. He's, he didn't do anything. But he won re-election. Who, who did he run? Who, who was his re-election? Remember, remember that was a multifaceted Democrats running, beating on each other. And then no. one came out and uh, it didn't work. Remember the AO 37? Who I remember that. Right. That was why. That was uh, Ernie Hall, too, was involved in that one. That's right. Yeah, see, I think that the Sullivan was a non-threatening candidate in re-election, meaning that okay, he's not wanting to do anything different. Things were okay. You know, economy wasn't bad, right? So... Good economy. Well, yeah, because he won in nine, right? And then right, so he came oil, out. oil prices were high. Yeah, and then economy Up. kept coming back, right? Nine through, you know. Twelve. Turned, yeah, turned out to be a better cycle. So he was in a good upswing, right? So it wasn't like, oh, my God, this guy's crashing the economy. And people don't like to make changes when the economy is good because they think, okay, that person or those people in politics are keeping things stable. So don't, mm-hmm. d- don't rock the boat, right? You talked about the vision of Anchorage, and I've talked with this. Um, on podcasts with Bill Evans. I've mm-hmm. talked to with Forrest Dunbar. I've talked to a lot of people. I just, it really perplexes me, especially now with COVID, we kind of know people can work from home. We have this great city. You can drive mm-hmm. 30 minutes and you can be in parts of the mountains that people dream their whole life to be in. You know, why aren't we pushing to get people from California, California, Silicon Valley, Seattle, tech workers and people up here? Why aren't we building, building a downtown uh, to get a lot of people up yeah, here? Yeah, I think part of the challenge is... Um, the down, or let's put it another way, the Alaskans are still trans, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're um, slowly moving from this attitude of what's going to happen next year or next or tomorrow to what's going to happen five, ten years. Back to the previous discussion right. about the long term. They're just not, there's a new generation starting to think that way. Some of the older generation is kind of like, hey, I've done my time. I don't need to think too long. And I think that's part of the problem. We don't think of our city as here's what's going to be. If we did, we'd invest in university. We'd invest in downtown. We'd do a lot of things. You know, the, the reason you're ice skating downtown now is because Shauna Toma, who works for me. Oh, yeah. I, lo- da- I, lo- I love her. Yeah, right. She went to the downtown partnership and said, hey, we'll go raise the money. We'll help make this happen. Did it on our own time. Not, not. You know, she talked to me about it as my employee, and I said, hey, if we can make it happen, go happen. She got a tree out of the, I don't know how she did it, but delivered that new tree down there. Yeah, I saw it on Channel 2 a couple nights ago, ice skating. She organized that. She got IBW to, I guess, pay for part of it and some other groups in the ice rink. And, you know, as a matter of fact, the guy who used to do the Zamboni on there and doing the ice rink stuff, I just happened to buy a fluke on a building I had bought downtown. Needed needed some snowplowers, so I made a call, a couple calls, and this guy calls. Hey, you know who I am? I said, No, not really. And he says, Well, I I do the ice downtown. I'm going to be doing the zamboni. I said, You're hired. I'm going to hire you to do the work for my place. Oh, good, great. I said, You know what? You're doing that. I'm going to, you know. How do they do? They have to put it on a trailer and then take it. How do they get the tree? The zamboni. Oh, the zamboni. Yeah, yeah. They bring it down. Yeah, they don't drive it on anything, but it's like a trailer and they bring it down and. Do their thing. I gotta get down there. Well, it's yeah, all, but it's really gotta, good. I know you got a few minutes left yeah. where you gotta go, but uh, last thing, it's uh, we're what two days before New Year's. I'll probably get this podcast up on or after New Year. So I want to okay. wish you a happy New Year. Yeah, you what's too. Your, what's your take on twenty any twenty twenty one predictions? Twenty uh, one is gonna be better. Uh, economy is gonna be much better than it is today. It won't be like our visitor in economy is not gonna be like it was in twenty. You think we're gonna have tourism back in twenty twenty one summer? Yeah, we'll have some, but not like it won't be like this summer. It'll be better. But it won't be like 2019, which was a banner year. Two million. I think, yeah, I think 2022 will build back into it. You know, Wall Street did an article not long ago, Wall Street Journal, and it was uh, 
40 top things people are looking for in the industry, the hospitality visitor industry uh, in 2021. What will it be? Mm -hmm. What will be the thing with COVID and all this? Number one was people won't travel to Europe as much. Number two, people will go to Alaska. Now, this Re is really long. when did that come out? This was probably two months ago. Oh, wow. And so, what that indicates is that people are thinking, why? Because Alaska, what, what do you, what's the vision you get? If you're a front say you think of Alaska as fresh, open, clean, mm -hmm, exactly, outdoorsy. That's so, what I was going to say, open. That's right. the first thing that comes You know, so you can keep six feet or 60 miles from people and never, you know, never see anyone, right? So, I think people think that and therefore it's positive. I, I think uh, that will be good. I think the legislature will be as screwed up as usual because they cannot get their act together and deal with the reality of what we have to do in this state, and that is make some tough decisions. Two months after the election, still no organization. No organization. Either, either body. And the clock's ticking, right? So I think that's still going to be there. I think Anchorage will have a slight comeback. Um, and I think, you know, in a lot of ways, and again, I know people get so worked up over, you know, the, the, the conspiracy on masks and all that. But, you know, it's logical when the acting mayor came in, made some uh, decisions, you know, uh, a lot of the cases went up, but now they're going down. And so that's I think a, today was three, but a couple of days ago it was a hundred and something, wasn't 170 it? hundred and seventy or yeah, something, which was is three something. But right. you know, we had times where but it was that's coming out 900, of 800, oh, you know. they were huge. So I think there's a lot of plus. So I think that's good. And the last thing I guess I'll say is that, uh, I'm hopeful, and I say this, uh, you know, with my fingers, you know, hanging together here and saying um, that we will be more uh, agreeable, not necessarily we'd have to agree with our issues, but actually more pleasant to each other. I think there's a lot of hostility. Well, I just, you know, it's so funny. I mean, it's really, it's it's sad in a lot of ways. I, I agree. It's so toxic. And I was talking to somebody toxic, a couple days ago, and word. They, they, they brought something up, and I, I was actually there, and I, I forgot about it. But when Senator Stevens passed away, mm -hmm. I was in the other... I wasn't in the main room. I was in the other room at the ABT. Right. Joe Biden spoke at that. It was I, incredible. I went back and watched I was it right last there. night. It was incredible. I, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, you know, 10 years, it's like What's amazing. changed, yeah. Because and, and that is what, that's a great example. That was in the Baptist temple, Joe Biden speaking. Great, and a great and eulogy. And unbelievable. And you could tell it was real, right? It wasn't scripted. And McConnell was there too. McConnell was there. No, no. I, I remember sitting in the front row. I'm thinking about writing wife. something about that and saying, you know, 10 years ago, like, this that is was crazy the Alaska. If, if Ted Stevens was, I, I, oh. I hate to speak for somebody who's not, a, but I don't think he would be saying Biden's not the president. No, he or would Biden's not be doing that. Guy, or, you know? or even this whole, like, if you notice how many people, and I, you know, this, I know will sound partisan, but how many people in the Republican party are silent about the destruction of the political process that Trump is leaving in his wake. You know, you can agree or disagree with his policies. And, you know, I benefited from his tax policy. So, hey, man, more of that is fine mm -hmm. with me. But this kind of toxic, you know, I that he still thinks he won. Well, to me, to me it's, know, it's, 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 like, it's the degradation of the institu our institutions. Institutions, which is it's more damaging. Worrying. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's challenges. It's going to be generational. And I, I think it's a... I think he's a symptom. He's, he's a bad symptom, but it's been going That's on right. since for a long time. Well, in a lot of ways, and, and I know I saw your podcast on Palin, but Palin kind of lit the fuse a little bit. Oh, the, no, that was the uh, cameo. The cameo. The video, Right, yeah. the cameo. But, you know, she kind of lit the fuse back when she ran. Oh, that's, and then right? the Tea Party came. The, I think the Tea Party really got the, that, galvanized and then it. Tea Party 2010, and then from Boom. there, and then Obama, you know, the whole. Well, people didn't like that Obama got elected. No. Nope. You know what's more amazing this is, I'll leave you with this thought, and that is when Trump won in 2016, the states he won by, he won by smaller margins 
and Biden won by, but no one complained. Even though those states were won by Obama yeah. by huge margins. No one said there was fraud. No one said, people, oh, I think my people God. Were, people were mad, but there, mad. there wasn't. Yeah, they there upset, wasn't. But they, there, they took it. They accepted it. And this time around, you're going, okay, so now somehow mail-in ballots are bad. And Biden got the same number of electoral votes as Trump did. And Trump said it was a, a huge victory. Huge win. Huge win. I, <laughs> I just think, you know, I, maybe in retrospect, it'd be an interesting podcast someday. You know, what 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 moved us onto this course and what will move us back? It doesn't mean you have to agree with people, right? You don't. Have, you and I may not agree on certain issues, but that doesn't mean we don't be civil. I mean, I'd love to talk right? about that. I think, I think you know, I've read a lot about the 60s and Nixon. A lot of this goes back to then. Right. And, you know, the eight, Reagan was a result, and then you go back and it's, it's just kind of, do a whole another podcast about that. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a lot of stuff out there that um, I'm just hopeful that next year, you know, a lot of this angst and anger. Once people can get back out of their houses and socialize, a well, little I bit. think I think a lot of it has to do with this. Like, you know, I was talking You're to a psychologist. That, you know, the, the reason military people going going to combat zones for you know no more than you know six months, yeah, because you start to lose it. And this lockdown, <laughs> am I going to get so, sick? Am it's I gonna, almost am a year. Is something wrong with me? You start to it starts to impact your mind, right? And you've been there almost a year. Yeah, we're coming up on yeah, that. And so. one thing Alaskans love to do travel. And we're not doing a well, lot I'm of Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to Hawaii tomorrow. So Enjoy. Well, well thanks for allowing me a, a few bit, minutes to stop by. Uh, yeah, Senator Big, it's always a pleasure. Home. First <laughs> podcast. We did the uh, video interviews. That's right. Before, we did video. First, first like podcast. It. So I, I really like appreciate it. coming on, and we'll do we'll do another one of these. Fantastic. Thanks. All right, Senator Big, thank you so much. Uh, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.